Chapter thirty seven of Ms. Marchbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ms. Marchbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter thirty seven. One fit of Lucilla's history is here ended, and another is to be told we have recorded her beginning in all the fullness of youthful confidence and undaunted trust in her own resources and have done our best to show that in the course of organizing society miss marchbanks like all other benefactors of their kind had many sacrifices to make and had to undergo the mortification of finding out that many of her most able efforts turned to other people's profit and went directly against herself she began the second period of her career with to some certain extent that sense of failure which is inevitable to every high intelligence after a little intercourse with the world she had succeeded in a great many things but yet she had not succeeded in all and she had found out that the most powerful exertions in behalf of friends not only fail to procure their gratitude but sometimes convert them into enemies and do actual harm which is a discovery which can only be made by those who devote themselves as miss marjoribanks had done to the good of the human species she had done everything for the best and yet it had not always turned out for the best and even the people who had been most ready to appeal to her for assistance in their need had proved the readiest to accuse her when something disagreeable happened and to say it was your fault in the second stage of her progress miss marchbanks found herself with a great responsibility upon her shoulders with nearly the entire social organization of carlingford depending upon her and at the same time with her means of providing for the wants of her subjects sensibly diminished and her confidence in the resources of the future impaired to an equal degree one thing was sure that she had taken the work upon her shoulders and that she was not the woman to draw back whatever the difficulties might be she did not bate a jot of her courage though the only buoyancy of hope had departed never to return it is true that she was not so joyful and triumphant a figure as when she conquered nancy and won over dr marjoribanks and electrified mr holden by choosing curtains which suited her complexion but with her diminished hopes and increased experience and unabated courage no doubt miss marjoribanks presented a still nobler and more imposing aspect to everybody who had an eye for moral grandeur though it would be difficult to tell how many of such worthy spectators existed in grange lane there was as our readers are aware another subject also on which lucilla had found her position altered it was quite true that had she been thinking of that she never need have come home at all and that in accepting new furniture for the drawing-room she had to a certain extent pledged herself not to marry immediately but to stay at home and be a comfort to her dear papa this is so delicate a question that it is difficult to treat it with the freedom necessary for a full development of a not unusual state of mind most people are capable of falling in love only once or twice or at the most a very few times in their life and disappointed and heart-broken suitors 
are not so commonly to be met with as perhaps could be wished but at the same time there can be little doubt that the chief way in which society is supposed to signify its approval and admiration and enthusiasm for a lady is by making dozens of proposals to her as may be ascertained from all the best informed sources when a woman is a great beauty or is very brilliant and graceful or even is only agreeable and amusing the ordinary idea is that the floating men of society in number less or more according to the lady's merits propose to her though she may not perhaps accept any of them in proportion as her qualities rise towards the sublime these victims are supposed to increase and perhaps to tell the truth no woman feels herself set at her true value until some poor man or a set of men have put as people say their happiness into her hands it is as we have said a delicate subject to discuss for the truth is that this well-known and thoroughly established reward of female excellence had not fallen to miss marchbank's lot there was tom to be sure but tom did not count and as for the other men who had been presented to lucilla as eligible candidates for her regard none of them had given her this proof of their admiration the year had passed away and society had laid no tribute of this description upon lucilla's shrine the archdeacon had married mrs mortimer instead and mr cavendish had been led away by barbara lake after such an experience nothing but the inherent sweetness and wholesome tone of miss marchbank's character could have kept her from that cynicism and disbelief in humanity which is so often the result of knowledge of the world as for lucilla she smiled as she thought of it not cynically but with a sweetly melancholy smile what she said to herself was poor men they had had the two ways set before them and they had not chosen the best it made her sad to have this proof of the imperfection of human nature thus thrust upon her but it did not turn her sweet into bitter as might have been the case with a more ordinary mind notwithstanding that this universal reward which in other cases is as everybody knows given so indiscriminately and with such liberality had altogether failed in her case lucilla still resumed her way with a beautiful constancy and went forward in the face of fate undaunted and with a smile it was thus that she began the second period of her career up to this moment there had never been a time in which it was not said in carlingford that some one was paying attention to miss marjoribanks but at present no one was paying attention to her there were other marriages going on around her and other preliminaries of marriage but nobody had proposed to lucilla affairs were in this state when she took up her yoke again boldly and set out anew upon her way it was a proof of magnanimity and philanthropy which nobody could have asked from her if lucilla had not been actuated by higher motives than those that sway the common crowd without any assistance but that of her own genius without the stimulating applause of admirers such as a woman in such circumstances has a right to calculate upon with no sympathizing soul to fall back upon and nothing but a dull level of ordinary people before her miss marchbanks undaunted put on her harness and resumed her course the difficulty she had met only made her more friendly more tender to those who were weaker than herself and whom evil fortune had disabled in the way when barbara lake got her situation and went out for a governess 
and rose's fears were realized and she had with bitter tears to relinquish her career lucilla went and sat whole afternoons with the little artist and gave her the handiest assistance and taught her a great many things which she never could have learned at the school of design and the effect of this self-abnegation was that lucilla bore general travers's decision and gave up all hope of the officers with a stout-heartedness which nobody could have looked for and did not hesitate to face her position boldly and to erect her standard and to begin her new campaign unaided and unappreciated as she was people who know no better may go away upon marriage tours or they may fly off to foreign travel or go out as governesses when all things do not go just as they wish but as for miss marjoribanks she stood bravely at her post and scorned to flinch or run away it was thus that was commenced amid mists of discouragement and in an entire absence of all that was calculated to stimulate and exhilarate the second grand period which was destined to conclude under very different circumstances of lucilla's life End of chapter thirty seven recording by marisol quee